Hey, Jacques Lamour from Pop Punk and Pizza Podcast. Before we get to today's episode, just a reminder, the Green Day tribute band I play in, St. Jimmy, in the Chicagoland area, has finally, we finally announced our first show for 2019. It's going to be Saturday, March 9th at HVAC Pub right there on North Clark in Chicago. It's going to be along with a Foo Fighters tribute, and you can get your tickets at HVACpub.com. And yes, I'm saying HVAC like thinking of heating and air conditioning, like that kind of thing. So HVACpub.com to get those tickets. 21 Plus is actually free, but if you fall in between the 18 and uh, just slightly under 21 bracket there, it does cost five bucks. So yes, it is an 18 plus show. So yeah, hit up hvacpub.com to get those tickets and for more info and make sure you like St. Jimmy on Facebook as well. And we'll keep you up to date on some more upcoming shows in the region. It's just St. Jimmy, a green day tribute. So like that page and we've got more cool shows to announce for the rest of the year. I'm super stoked for this one and I hope to see you out there. All right, shameless plug is over with. Let's get to the show. Bangarang Radio, Bangarang Radio, BangarangRadio.com. In three, two, one. Press play. Ooh. Let's get decadent. I'm going out, I gotta go. I'll bang a ring on the radio. So turn it up, I'm telling you. I think I'm ready for something new. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. You're listening to Pop Pumpkin Pizza on Bangarang Radio. Yo, yo, what is up? It is Jacques Lamore, your host here. Welcome to February's edition of Pop Punk and Pizza, and I'll explain that here just in case you didn't get to listen to the last episode I put out, um, and I had an announcement for you. And that announcement is that we're officially going on a monthly schedule. So that means we're only putting out one new episode per month. Or I should say me, because <laughs> I'm the only one here. So one new episode of Pop Punk and Pizza a month. The last Tuesday, actually, of each month, you can expect a brand new episode of the podcast. And this is just because my life is just too nuts right now. And I don't know how long we'll be on this schedule. Maybe this will only go on for three months. And then I can go back to putting out new episodes every single week. But for now, one new episode per month. And actually, now that I mention it, there will be bonus episodes along the way. So there might be one month where you'll get two episodes. You just never know. So that's that's the plan every way. The last Tuesday of every month, you get a brand new Pop Punk and Pizza podcast. So thank you in advance, by the way, for not heckling me for that and uh, understanding that life gets a little nuts, right? So today... We're celebrating 20 years of Alistair with Tim Rogner, who's one of the vocalists and guitarists in the band. I got to talk to Tim a few weeks ago and had a really great conversation. He was a really cool guy. Uh, We talked about their most recent release, which is 20 years of Alistair. It's 20 of their best hits in their eyes or, or best known songs. And they went into the studio. Actually, they went to ABG just in Crown Point, Indiana there with Seth Henderson. And they re-recorded a lot of the songs. And I think they did a fantastic job. I've been, Honestly, I've been listening, listening to it nonstop ever since it was released. Uh, we also, he, he answers some fan questions like, 
like how did you guys get signed to drive through records and things like that uh, we talked about his songwriting process about like how somewhere on fullerton was written and we t- and actually we started the conversation off with talking about his last name and how it's pronounced because I wasn't quite sure because I've heard it pronounced in a couple of different ways. So that was how we first started the conversation. And there's kind of a funny story um, behind the pronunciation of his name, at least at his workplace. So that's how our conversation starts with Tim Rogner of Alistair celebrating 20 years of the band. Let's get to it. Also, here and there throughout our interview, we're going to be taking breaks and listening to bands who are influenced and inspired by Alistair, actually. And I'm not going to tell you who these bands are, just because I want them to be a surprise. But there will be music from these bands that we can listen to, and I think you're going to like the ones that I picked. So here we go. I have to ask, is it Rogner or Rohner? Yeah, it's, it's Rogner. Okay, I always, Rogner. Yep. I always thought it was Rogner, but then I thought about it <clears throat> as I was prepping for this interview. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to ask him because you just <laughs> never know. Because I find out for for years I'll be I'll pronounce somebody's name wrong, and then I find out one day it's actually pronounced this way. So yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, and it's weird. Like I've heard almost every iteration of my last name that's humanly possible and i don't think it's that difficult but i can see where people might think it might be one thing and then another but yeah it's it's definitely rogner what are the other renditions i gotta hear these oh i get rogner i get rogner like a j sound not sure where that one comes in Mm -hmm. rogner some people just say rogers like aaron rogers um Roner, yeah. Some people say Roner. In mm. fact, my it's funny. My voicemail at work says Roner. Like you have a message for Tim Roner or whatever it says. I'm like, that's not how you fucking say my last name. <laughs> it's so funny. Be like, <laughs> be like, fix my name or I'm gone. Yeah, right, right. I've been here for twelve years, man. You can't even fix this shit for me. Twelve years? Oh, come on. Yeah, man. I know, right? You need to get their shit together. Be like, look, man. I'm an Alistair, all right? You need to get your shit straight. I was a big I was a big deal in the, the 2000s, all right? Yeah, and you know what? The key word was, they would say to me, was, you were, were, not anymore. Now you're ours. Yeah. You work for the man now. That's right. So you, you, are, you are now Roner. Yeah, exactly. Deal with it. Exactly. I, I will forever be known as Roner. <laughs> So do you, do any of your none of your coworkers probably know you as Roner then, right? No, or, okay. no, they all. Yeah, I, it's all Rogner. Okay, it would be funny if they kind of fell in line with that. <laughs> it would be. It would be really hilarious if I just perpetuated this mispronunciation for twelve years. You know, like, yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> an, be great. It's like an everyday conversation. Hey, yeah. uh, Roner, could you? It's <laughs> exactly. it's Rogner. Come on. Uh, no, it's Rogner. Uh, any if actually someone said Rogner, I just would automatically think Star Wars, but that's just my brain being a Star that, Wars nerd. Yeah, no, that's actually probably the one that I get the most. Um, and I think, I think from what I understand, um, it's a German name, and I think that's actually how it was originally pronounced, Rogner. Yeah. Um, but I think I had some ancestor a long time ago who changed it to Rogner for reasons unknown to me i'm not sure well if you think about it it sounds so chicago 
I feel like <laughs> yeah. saying it. Yeah, it's a, Rogner, like Rogner, Rogner, hey, Rogner. hey, this guy, Rogner, you know? Yeah, I got a guy named Rogner. He'll do it for you. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so you guys have this big show coming up, and you started out 2019 in a big way, celebrating 20 yep. years, and yeah. releasing this compilation of 20 of your best songs and actually some of them are new yeah there's a couple of new tracks on there yeah there's four we did four new songs and and uh it actually opens up with a new one yeah it does yeah we we you know it's funny we kind of debated that and we were like well should we put a new song first or should should we put a song that like people already know and then we ended up just being like fuck it just whatever let's put one of the new ones first and so we kind of stopped caring Honestly, and then it was just like, well, let's just pull songs out of a hat. And that's really kind of how we did it. We're like, oh, what song should go next? How about this one? Okay, sure. Really? I, th- I would have thought there was some more um, thought into it because when I, when I first listened to it and I uh, put, it on, put it on Spotify, I'm like, oh, okay, this is like a really great opening track because it's almost like saying, you know, stay with me for like, you know, 20 years or, or beyond 20 years. That, that's kind of how I took it. I don't know. But, oh, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I'm I'm sure that's not what it's about, <laughs> but you know that's <laughs> no, I don't think so. That's but. that's just kind of how I took it. Like, oh, this is cool. It's kind of touching, but you know that. But was I do just think me. it was kind of a, it ended up being kind of a cool opening track, you know, because mm-hmm. it's it you know I mean it sounds like an Alistair song, but it also sounds like maybe a slightly more mature Alistair song, like. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, this is, we started 20 years ago and now here we are. Yeah. You know, which I think is kind of cool. I th- I think it's great. And that's how I took it too. I'm like, this definitely sounds like Alistair, but it's a grown up Alistair. Cool. So were there any surprises while you guys were re-recording these songs? Like as far as, I know, obviously you've played pretty much all of these live, right? Except for like the new ones. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most of these songs we've, We've played live. There's a couple. Um, and there's a couple that I I actually don't know if we've ever played live, but we we liked the songs, mm-hmm. um, and, and we thought that they were songs that maybe kind of flew under the radar, um, and so we wanted to include them again on this record. Um, but yeah, almost almost every song on there we've played live probably at least once. I would think so over the years, <laughs> at least, right? Yeah. But, yeah, but who yeah. knows how long it's years, been? Yeah, yeah who, <laughs> who knows how long it's been? But I was just curious if there were any surprises along the way when you thought, oh, this song right here, super simple. We got this. And then you get into it and you're like, oh, wait a minute. I forgot about this little <laughs> this little part yeah. here. Yeah. You know, it, it is kind of funny because you, a lot of these songs, like we, I know, you know, I remember how we play them live. Mm. Um, and you know, we generally play them exactly the same as we, or exactly the same live as we, we do when we recorded it. But there's also, usually when you record, you always put in like one extra guitar track or two extra guitar tracks just to kind of fill stuff out. Um, and those were, I think some of the things that we had the most difficulty remembering, like what do we do here? Like, because sometimes it's so buried in the original mix. You know, you could, it's just barely audible, and you can't quite figure out or remember what you were doing, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, but 
you know, I think it was kind of cool too because it gave us a chance to reimagine uh, some of the songs, you know, especially the ones that we recorded from our very first record um, called um, uh, Dead End and Girlfriends. Um, those, you know, th- those, this, that entire record was recorded over the course of like four or five days. So there was like almost zero thought that went into those original recordings. Mm-hmm. It was just like, here, it's set up in the studio. Let's blaze through these. Let's play them as fast as we can, as loud as we can, and just hit record. And that's pretty much what we did. And so, you know, they were what they were. Uh, and it was, it was cool to capture that part of, uh, you know, that time in our career as a band. But I think there was also some small part of us that was like, yeah, I, I wish we maybe would have spent a little more time on these just so we can see what they could have sounded like. Um, and I think with the two that we redid, um, Moper and Jacob, you know, we actually got a chance to, to put some time into, to those songs, you know, and actually record them the way that they probably should have been recorded in the first place. Um, which I think made them even a little bit cooler. Yeah. I, it, it's funny. You got to put yourself back in time to that mindset and try to remember, okay, what happened in those three or four days back in, you know, 98 yeah. or 99. And yeah, and it was, it was a challenge, you know, it was, it was hard to like, I don't, I mean, I remember the recording session, but like I said, it was only, we were only there for about five days and we, we blazed through what, 15 songs yeah. in five days. You know what I mean? I mean, it's obvious listening back to the record, sounds like shit. well you know Um, for what it's worth i mean for for 99 and for the the budget you had you got to give yourself a little bit of credit on that part you know yeah i mean we were we were just stoked that somebody just wanted to put out our record you know at that point we're like fuck we'll play on tin cans and like ukuleles we don't even care (laughs) you know it was just pretty cool that we were able to get into a studio and record songs that we wrote, you know, that yeah. was pretty, pretty cool back then for, I mean, cause we were, what, we were 19, I think, something like that. Yeah. I was going to say at least cause what's, I saw Scott, he just turned 40, right? Yeah. And you guys yeah. are relatively all around the same age, I assume. Yeah. Uh, Scott and I are 40 and then I think the other guys are 38, 38, 39. Wow. Yeah. For, so, yeah. yeah, for being 19, honestly. I th- I think it sounds great, and I I when I was uh, I went back and I was I was uh, going through Dead Ends and Girlfriends, and I completely forgot about the Backstreet Boys cover at the end. Oh yeah, that's right. And for being <laughs> <laughs> and for being so quick, um, and re- and recording that record, I'm like, wow, this is actually pretty good for you know well, just busting yeah, so, it out. So that song wh- that song was actually an afterthought. So we. The original pressing of Dead Ends and Girlfriends mm-hmm. didn't include that song. Oh, and gotcha. so Dead Ends and Girlfriends came out, and I think it was out for like maybe, I don't know, two or three months. And we had been doing this ridiculous Backstreet Boys cover on <laughs> tour that we were on at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Drive Through really liked it. And they're like, oh my God, you know, you guys, you guys got to record this as soon as you get home, record it, and we'll put it on the record and we'll just repress it. And we we're like, okay. And so that's what we did, and and that's why that that particular song sounds a little bit better. Okay, because, because we went into a studio and we recorded that entire song over the course of like a day or a day and a half, 
So we actually spent some time um, and some effort recording that particular song. It was like a, a really nice studio in Chicago. And like with this, it was with the dude who fucking recorded Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Like it was, it was a ridiculous production. Like I don't even know why why we we went this route, but we did. Um, well, I mean, probably. Not, I mean, drive through cool. was probably paying for it. I assume. Yeah, since yeah, it was yeah, their anyway, idea. So, yeah, so then they wanted it to sound good. So anyway, so yeah, we recorded that, and then they repressed that and the girlfriend it included that song on there so okay if you have a copy of dead and the girlfriend with that song on it it's like the second edition okay gotcha and i believe i don't have my actual hard copy anymore because i probably at least six or seven years ago my car was broken into in chicago and someone stole all my cds so yeah, that's the fucking the worst, man. <laughs> Isn't Same it, thing man? happened to me in San Francisco. Yeah, when we were on tour, our van was broken into, and someone ripped off all. I had I had brought my entire booklet of CDs, oh. and I was like, God damn it! So yeah, I mean, everything's digital these days, anyways. But you know, there is some nostalgia to having those those hard copies. You know, like I, yes. I like I collect that kind of stuff. I love vinyl records, and I love having those CDs. It's just cool. Yeah, same here. And I never replaced the you know, all the CDs I had because I just had so many. Like you, I had a big, yeah. I had one of those big booklets, you know, of of how yeah, many like hundred, hundred and fifty or whatever. Yeah, fuck. whatever it was. And yeah. so I just never replaced it. And I was just the only CD I had left was what was in the CD player, and it was <laughs> it was half of um, Real Big Fish's live album from like '06. So okay. that's that's all I had left, I think. From uh, man, that sucks. Yeah, I know. I was I was so mad, but I'm that CD was was in there for sure. So, um, but of course, I've listened to it on Spotify since, just like all the other CDs right. I lost. You know, cool. So, but um, but yeah, I guess I guess I. I guess I didn't think about that today as I was listening to uh, "I Want It That Way." How it how it does definitely <laughs> it does does sound better, but you know I think that was the day that was before the days of the pop or the punk goes pop or pop goes punk compilations. I think yeah yeah I think right before just before, those, yeah. just before. So you guys were on top of that before <laughs> before anyone anyone else was. <laughs> we were yeah so. And in fact, they honestly should have included that, but that's just me. I'm just partial to. I have a. I have a soft. <laughs> I have a soft spot for Alistair and for Backstreet Boys. What can I say? Coming up, Tim talks about the first time he visited the legendary Chicago punk rock venue Fireside Bowl. So yeah, I'll, I'll actually never forget uh, my first experience there because it's the, uh, you know, thinking back on it now, it's it's probably the day that, that changed me as a person, you know, for the rest of my life. As our 20-year celebration of Alistair continues on Pop Punk and Pizza. Hey, this is Mickey from the band Blood People. Just want to give Alistair a big thank you for 20 years of pop punk fun. You can catch us playing with them at Cobra Lounge on March 2nd. Anyway, this song's called Wonder Wo- I mean, this is our song, Shapeshifter. Looks like I'm starting over. The moon is full of bright. 
talking about uh, 20 years of Alistair and the, the compilation and everything, um, somewhere on Fullerton, obviously it pays homage to the Fireside Bowl in Chicago. And mm. I wanted to hear about what was your first experience at Fireside? So, yeah, I'll, I'll actually never forget uh, my first experience there because it's the, <clears throat> you know, thinking back on it now, it's it's probably the day that, that changed me as a person, you know, for the rest of my life. Um, it was, I had a friend who <clears throat> had, like, him and I were pretty close and we had started kind of getting into punk rock and started listening to some bands together, but it was kind of like on the periphery, you know, like, we like these bands, but we weren't like totally immersed in this culture yet. Yeah. And, uh, so w- one day, you know, he, he kind of said to me, he's like, Hey man, he's like, there's this place, uh, in Chicago where all these bands play. It's called the fireside bowl. He's like, you know, it's pretty cool. Like let's, we should go down and see a band. And I was like, okay, you know, that sounds, that sounds pretty cool. You know, cause I like some of these bands. And so we went not really knowing who was playing, just knowing that this was kind of the cool place to go and the place to see good live punk rock. And, uh, and so we showed up and there was a Chicago band called the Bull Weevils playing. And then there was a California band called Rhythm Collision. Um, and Rhythm Collision came on first. And from the opening note of their set, I was hooked. Like, it's funny because they're not necessarily one of my favorite bands, but Mm -hmm. it was just the attitude that they projected in the aura about them that I knew, like, literally within 15 seconds, I just remember thinking, this is the fucking greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. I have to be a part of this. (laughs) Like, I mean, it was just this, you know, monstrous wave of sound and, like, distortion coming out of his amps and the guy just, like, banging the drums and, like, yelling into the mic and the dude was jumping on the wall and like, you know, jumping into the crowd. I'm like, yeah, there's a decent amount of people there. I'd say there was probably a hundred to 150. So, I mean, for back then, it was, yeah, it was a pretty good crowd. Um, especially for out of town band. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, my God, this is, this is amazing. Like, this is the coolest, coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And, and like literally from that day forward for probably the next, like, three three years maybe we were at the fireside probably once every week maybe once every 10 days to see bands play wow yeah <laughs> that's a lot do, do you know about what year that was was that like that right was prob- right in the middle it of was, of the whole fireside scene yeah it was probably i was it was let me think it was probably either late 93 or maybe early 94. Okay. Um, it was, yeah, probably now that I think about it, it was probably 94. So, yeah, so then from, because then I graduated high school in 96. So for those two or three, three years, you know, we, we were there constantly to see bands play. And did you guys get shows there as well? I assume you did. You had to have gotten Yeah, shows we there. did. Yeah, I mean, I think Alistair played our first show there maybe 98 okay. or so. Because um, we we started the band in high school, but we didn't actually um, play shows under the name Alistair until 
probably 97. Um, because the first, uh, when Eric, Eric, at the time when we graduated high school, it was just John and myself. Um, and so then John met Eric, um, in, in college, like this, his first day at U of I. And he called, I'll never forget, he calls me up. He's like, Hey, he's like, I met this guy. He plays bass. He wants to be in our band. I was like, okay, cool. Like I'd never met him. I was like, Oh, just sign him up. Yeah, let's play. Okay. Um, and so we, you know, we played, we practiced a handful of times. We had, had a bunch of songs written. And so then it was probably early 97 when we started playing shows. Um, and so, yeah, our first show probably was either late 97 or early 98, uh, at the fireside. And we played, we probably played there a handful of times, four or five, six times, maybe. Now that wasn't your first show, um, as Alistair at fireside. I assume you guys played somewhere else as Alistair yeah. was your first show. Yeah. That wasn't our first show ever. I think our first show ever, we played like in my basement, like <laughs> 20, 20 kids or 20 of our friends or something like that. Nice. Um, and then I don't actually, I don't remember like where our first real show was at a venue. It might've been at, um, at U of I university of Illinois was actually had a pretty good, good punk rock scene from like 90, 96 or 97 through 2000. Um, and we used to go see bands play there all the time, and we would play there on occasion. Um, and we played with um, some some ska band from New York City one time, like in a classroom. Wow! Um, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was really yeah, it was cool. I mean, That's it was so rad. cool. Like, kids, like, kids would just put on shows. They'd like rent the PA and like charge five bucks, and like mm-hmm. like no joke, like two hundred fifty people would show up. 300, 300 kids would show up. That's awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, it was great. It was really cool. I wonder if that kind of thing still goes on now. I mean, I know colleges throw shows and stuff, but I don't know if it's quite like that anymore. Yeah, Probably. I don't know if it's like that either. Yeah. I'm, I, you I'm, know, one of, the, one of the things that we always wanted to do as a band is we wanted to do, like, just a college house party show. Uh-huh. Or a, I'm, I'm sorry, a college house party tour. Like, we thought it would be oh, so that... rad to do just, like, 20 days of nothing but, like, just college house parties. Oh my gosh. So you guys would be dead by the end of it. <laughs> oh, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, you know, college kids, they know how to party. So. Yeah, Coming up next, Tim gives us some insight on how his songwriting process works and how Somewhere on Fullerton came to be. You know, that song was just kind of an afterthought. You know, it was written probably over the course of 15 minutes. As our 20-year celebration of Alistair continues on Pop Punk and Pizza. Hey, this is Darian from a band called Mall Rat Pool Boy. Just want to wish Alistair a happy 20th anniversary. Me and my buddies took to saying better late than forever anytime we were super late to anything, which was fairly often. Um, and we also would say somewhere down on Fullerton, just to kind of to describe anywhere we were going. We weren't sure, like, where's this at? Like, uh, it's, uh, somewhere down on Fullerton. And the lyric, another night without a cell, another meal at Taco Bell, is a real personal favorite of mine. Uh, there is no meal quite like Taco Bell as comfort food. Um, so thank you guys so much. This song is called Broken Inside. Existential crisis with a side of prison ramen. Thanks, guys. Enjoy. Ocean, blind and tattooed. 
inside of prison ramen Nothing changes with best friends Best friends are forever Cause fake friends never tell you When you've got shit on your face Some more times than not You'll never know We're all a little bit broken inside We're all just searching on for A piece of us that died Maybe when we look deep inside ourselves We won't mind what we see Maybe that's alright with me bringing up Fireside and uh, everything because I've always been fascinated with it because I never got to experience it and Mm -hmm. I know Fireside Bowl was like Gilman Street for you know Chicago pretty much right and the fact that it's it's not around as as a venue like that and it wasn't what it was it's it's kind of sad I understand why it's not that way anymore but Mm -hmm. It's just, uh, it's cool to hear about someone that's actually experienced it. And I mean, you know, it's like your biggest hit. <laughs> and the fact that it, <laughs> yeah. it, it's such an important song for Chicago and not just for Alistair, but for Chicago, because it encompasses Fireside Bowl and it kind of keeps it alive forever, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That's how I always kind of looked at that song. That's cool. Yeah, it was it was weird. I mean, it, it was especially cool, you know, when we re-recorded this new version. We we got to shoot the new video for it at the fireside, which was really really cool. I love the video. Um, Full nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was it was it was very cool. But it's weird. It, it's it's so weird because, you know, what when did we write that song? That song was written probably in two thousand and one. Right. Or two, 2000, maybe 2001. And, you know, tons of musicians have stories like these. And it's probably not the one that people want to hear. But, you know, that song was just kind of an afterthought. You know, it was, it was written probably over the course of 15 minutes sitting in my basement one day. I had like a shitty crate amp and like this old. Fender single coil crappy guitar like the first guitar I ever had <laughs> and I just remember like sitting down there for like 15 minutes and I kind of came up with this little melody and I was like oh I kind of like this 
and I wrote out all the words, like, I was like, oh, you know, because that's kind of what I was thinking about at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like, honestly, like, the entire song was, was basically finished within, like, 15 or 20 minutes, and I was wow. like, okay, well, let's write another song. And so then, like, no joke, but the next song that I wrote, like, literally, like, 15 minutes after that was um, Radio Player. And that song also was just written probably in like 20 to 25 minutes. Yeah. Like those two songs were written on the same day, like in the same session. Mm-hmm. Just me kind of sitting down there just fucking off on the guitar and like, oh, I kind of like this idea. It sounds kind of cool. Okay, here's the song. And so, you know, I showed it to the guys and they're like, oh yeah, we like these. These are cool. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like this one was going to be a hit, you know? Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Another, another song, you know? And, and, we even when we were recording it, you know, it was just like, oh, okay. Like it, it's weird because we never, we never think of we, we never think in terms of like, oh, this song's just gonna be a huge success, you know? Right. Like we just write songs that we like to hear ourselves and think, oh, okay, this is kind of a cool idea. Let's let's play it, mm-hmm. you know. And it's always it's always interesting to us which songs people gravitate to and which songs people don't, you know, because. I'm sure like every band, every band has their favorite songs that they write. You know, I know some of the songs that I've written that I like more than other songs. Um, but it's, and it's always different. It's always different than what, what fans like, which I think is really cool. It's kind of neat. It is neat. And it's always like, they like the songs that you're like, really? Why? Yeah. Yeah. It's always <laughs> like, that's always. like the worst one. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to you, it's the worst one anyway, but what what are some of the songs that you were surprised by, that fans gravitate towards, that you were just kind of like, eh? Um, I'm, I mean, somewhere in Fullerton, honestly, I'm, I'm always, always shocked by how much that resonates with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Um, let me think of another one. There's a lot of people, uh, we put out a record um, called Before the Blackout in yes. 2005, and there's a song on there called You Lied, um, which a lot of people really seem to like. We, I think we've only played it like once or twice, but I get a lot of people who say, why don't you ever play that song? It's so good, it's so awesome. I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe it'll um, come out for this show on March maybe. 2nd. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, yeah it's possible. Um and let's see. I mean, those are the two I can I can definitely think of. But but everyone has kind of their own favorites, you know. Like right. Um, I know a lot of people um, really like that song "Race Cars." That's on uh, Last Stop Suburbia. Oh yeah. And and again, that song is kind of like eh, all right. It's just kind of a simple little song. It's not really anything special. Right. You know, but like one of the songs that that I really like mm-hmm. um, is <clears throat> a song called alone. I think it's, it's on uh, before the blackout. Like that, that's one of the, one of the songs that I really like that I've written, but nobody ever seems to want to hear that song. <laughs> Nobody's like, man, you gotta play that one. You gotta play that one. <laughs> well, is it it's because, kind of well, here's the thing. Is it because there's a, like a real personal story behind it? And that's kind of why you're, attached to it and because it's not like you know somewhere in Fullerton where it's like okay 15 minutes boom done it's more of something you put more thought into yeah no I think that's definitely it you know I mean I think lyrically those words 
hit a little bit closer than other songs. Um, you know, I think another, another song, one of, and this is so stupid and I don't know why I like this song, but <laughs> there's a song on Before the Blackout called uh, The Legend of Peg Lake Sullivan. Mm-hmm. And, and for whatever reason, like I really like playing that song and nobody wants to play it. Uh-huh. Like every time we're at, we're at band practice, I'm like, hey dude, let's, Let's play. Let's play Legend of Peg Lake Souls, and everyone's like, "Get the fuck out of here!" No, we're not playing that song. <laughs> we're we're going on hiatus again. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, right. And I was like, "All right, I'm out of here." Forget yeah. it. You guys don't want to play that one. Thanks, but Tim. Like, I think part of the reason part of the reason I like it is because I'm a I'm a huge history buff. Like, I love anything related to history, um, especially mm. like U.S. history, especially Chicago history. Oh yes, there's um, so much so, history. Yeah. I mean, there's, and it's, it's fascinating to me. And that was that particular song obviously is about the Chicago fire and kind of, you know, growing up as a kid, you always hear the story of, you know, the O'Leary cow knocking over the lantern, starting the fire. Yes. Um, but I think this one is a little more, you know, truthful, a little more how, how things actually kind of went down. Yeah. Cause I mean, it really didn't go down like that. That's just a, like a myth, right? Right. I, right. I don't, I'm trying to remember what I've, learned about because i know we went over the chicago fire in history class in high school but that's been you know like that's been a long time ago so i'm like trying to remember what it was i just the main thing i remember is that my history teacher taught us that was like the greatest thing to ever happen to chicago because it gave a chance to actually build things some things anyway correctly or kind of you know restructure themselves because it was just such a industrial place. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah, it really did. I mean, it really gave the city a chance to, to grow anew. Yeah. That's cool. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to pick your brain about history then. I should have prepped, <laughs> I should have prepped some of my, uh, history questions for you. And like, you know, I've always wondered no, about this, about. Tim. Can you tell me about this? Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, no, There's probably some some really obscure thing I have I know nothing about, and then I'll just look like a complete asshole. <laughs> yeah, someone's gonna look it up while they're listening to this and be like, "Yeah, yeah, that's right. not how it went." <laughs> this what? fucking idiot doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm not going to his show anymore. Yeah, forget right. him. <laughs> me out. It doesn't really matter what's going on now. Cause all I wanna do is keep the radio. Coming up on Pop Punk and Pizza Podcast, we find out exactly how Alistair came to be on Drive Through Records. We started playing shows, and then we recorded like a really shitty demo tape um, in the basement of my house, like on an eight track. Nice. And we recorded like eight songs, and we sent that out. and And at the time, you know, everything was like super DIY; nothing was digital, so we would like actually package up like almost like press kits, you know, with this really shitty demo tape. As our 20-year celebration of Alistair continues on Pop Punk and Pizza. Hey, what's up? This is Devin and Patrick from the band Parker, and you are listening to Never Growing Old. March 2nd, we are playing at the Cobra Lounge in Chicago, Illinois, with a band called uh, 
Alistair. Alistair is a really special band to us because uh, we grew up listening to Alistair, and it's going to be insanely fun to share the stage with such talented and awesome dudes. Somewhere Down in Fullerton is a song that has always just been an anthem for us, and uh, you know, being Chicago natives, we're always able to relate to the music that they play, and uh, cheers to 20 years, Alistair, and uh, we'll see you guys March 2nd. Later. I was just a kid and things like this would help me get through the day And this fence right here is what got me up there And that's the yard where we play basketball every day And these alleys, they feel the same after all these years have gone by And so do I
you know, I I did get some some fan questions, and oh, cool. I wanted to shoot those your way. Um, so the first one actually is something I wanted to know about too, because I don't think I've ever heard this story. Um, but Yoel wants to know how the uh, drive-through records uh, story uh, goes. How how did drive-through records come into the the picture for you guys? Um, yeah. Or just oh. what's your, you know, your story with drive-through? Because it, it's amazing how it, it was, it left such an impact on the scene because it, it made such a big splash and then it went away. Yeah, yeah, no, they really did. Um, no, it was really, it was, it was really a fluke thing, I guess. You know, we had, um, back in 97, we we started playing shows and then we recorded like a really shitty demo tape, um, in the basement of my house, like on an eight track. Nice. And we recorded like eight songs and we sent that out. And, and at the time, you know, everything was like super DIY, nothing was digital. So we would like actually package up like almost like press kits, you know, with this really shitty demo tape. And we basically just sent them to every label that we had heard of. Um, and I, I, didn't have as much of a uh, a handle on that part. That was done mostly by John, okay. our guitar player. He was he was kind of the guy that was in charge of, of sending out all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, truthfully, to this day, I'm not even sure who he sent these press kits out to. Um, I know, I mean, I know at least like ten or twelve of them went out because I remember sitting there packaging them all up. Um, but one of the one of the um, press kits went to drive through. Um, and I don't even recall knowing who drive through was at the time, but somehow John did. Maybe he heard of a band that was on a comp or something from drive through knew that they were just starting out looking for bands. So we sent them a press kit and they responded. They were one of the only ones that responded back to us. Wow. And they were, you know, they wrote, wrote us this letter and were like, Hey, listen, we really like this stuff. We really like your band. We, we want to hear a little bit more. We're like, okay, well, you know, we're planning on recording an EP, uh, a seven inch coming up like in the next couple of months. And they're like, okay, cool. Send us that. And then, you know, maybe we can go from there. We're like, all right. You know, cause we had planned on recording this EP anyways. Mm-hmm. And so we went in the studio, we recorded the seven inch and we put it on ourselves and we sent them a copy in they were like, we love this. You know, we want to help you put this out, blah, blah, blah. And that's, I mean, really that's how it happened. And that's kind of how it, it took off. Um, and so within uh, probably what a year later, we were <laughs> in Los Angeles recording uh, dead and the girlfriend for 700 bucks over the course of five days. <laughs> was the seven and the 700 was from drive through, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah they spent wow. 700 bucks. On well, that right here. and if we think, if you, if we think about it, if we go back to that time, I don't think drive through was quite as, as big as it was, you know, some years down the line, just like a few years later is when they really started to make a name for themselves. So you guys yeah. kind of got on, on their radar early. Yeah, we got in pretty quick. I think, you know, I know they had put out a record from, I think, uh, Cousin Oliver. I know they had put out a record from RX Bandits. Um, they had put out a record from, I think, this band called Unleaded Plus. But, 
I, I want to say, like, Dennis' the girlfriend was, like, the, maybe the ninth release. You know how, like, those labels always would number their releases? Right. It was pretty early on. Like, it was maybe 9, 10, 11, 12, something like that. I, I forget. Yeah, that's early. Um, but, yeah, we got in, I mean, we got in pretty early, like, before Drive Through had really, really made a name for themselves. Yeah, because if you fast forward, like, three years later... Everyone who yeah. drive through was, <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. they were they were everywhere, and they had yeah, they were huge. They had even more amazing bands on uh, yeah. on their roster. But I I was reading over some things about them earlier, and just reading that you know I think the number that I read was close to ten million CDs between everyone on the the record label, which is pretty big considering it's a technically an indie label. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I would have no idea what those if those numbers are right or wrong. Yeah, I don't know but either. I could probably see, you know, that's probably fairly accurate. I mean, with all all of the releases that they put out. Yeah, you know, I mean, didn't New Song Glory sell like a million records just by themselves? Yeah, it was uh, Newfound. It was Newfound, and well, Hello Goodbye was huge. That went platinum. Um, and then oh, did it really? Yeah, uh, that's what. Oh, wow. That's what I read earlier. And then, yeah, Newfound was uh, gold or silver. Well, silver in okay. the UK. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, they they probably sold a million because, you know, Sticks and Stones was on. Yeah, I mean, that was a pretty, pretty popular record. Yeah, and, of course, the, yeah. the self-titled before that, so. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, because yeah, it's funny because Hello Goodbye, they were towards the end, you know. Right, so they were towards we, the end. We, yeah, we actually, I don't even think we ever even met Hello Goodbye. I don't, I, I couldn't even tell you what those guys look like. Yeah. Um, I don't think we ever, we, I know for sure we never played any shows with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, you know, yeah, cause that towards the end of our, our run. Right. Cause that was around 06 and I think drive through went to about 08 before yeah, they, that sounds about right. yeah, before they, um, folded up or whatever yeah. you want to call it indefinite hiatus <laughs> there's all different yeah, right. words you could use for that but um no it's just it's such a it's such a cool thing that we you know we here in chicago have a band that's part of a, a label that was such a big uh, you know influence in the you know the pop punk emo post hardcore um push back yeah. in the 2000s so yeah it was, it was cool to be a part of it yeah and I mean, technically, you guys still are forever. I mean, it's always going to, your name is always going to be attached to it. <laughs> very <laughs> you know? true, very true. So, but, um, but yeah, so I was just, uh, it was good to hear, I guess it, it was simple, sounds like for you guys. It wasn't really that. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't really a whole lot involved and it was just kind of one of those things that happened. So yeah. we got, you know, pretty, I've, I mean, yes. We put in a lot of hard work. You know, we, we worked really hard as a band and we toured constantly. But there's also a little bit of luck that goes into things like that. Right. You know, and I do, I do, I feel very grateful for, you know, for everything that we've been able to do as a band and all the places that we've been able to go, all the people that we've been able to meet. Um, you know, we don't, we don't really take that for granted as a band. Uh, we, we know that, you know, there's a pretty nice stroke of luck involved with, with what we've done. And it's to me your um, your appreciation shows. Cool, that's so. cool. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, like we we still, you know, we're forty years old. We've been doing this for a long time, and we still look at ourselves as a garage band. 
Yeah. You know, we're just a shitty garage <laughs> punk rock band that we still practice in our drummer's garage. You know, it's like, that's just who we are. We get together, we drink beers, and we just play some rock and roll. Right. Yeah. Just have fun. Yeah. Make sure that everything feels right. Don't be easy, but I'm not afraid. You're so far away. Coming up, Tim tells us some weird Alistair tour stories. I think one of the weirdest things is, and, and this isn't a bad thing, it's just it's just weird. I mean, I don't know how many people know this, but we actually took Fall Out Boy out on their very first tour ever. As our 20-year celebration of Alistair continues on Pop Punk and Pizza. What's going on, guys? It's Dave Gomez. You're listening to Pop Punk and Pizza on Bangarang Radio. I'm going to be playing my very first solo acoustic show at Blue Island Beer Company on April 5th with none other than Tim from Alistair. It's going to be a full night of acoustic jams, alcohol if you drink, and good friends. So make sure to come hang out. It's a free event. April 5th. Mark your freaking calendars. Uh, real quick, I just want to say uh, congratulations to Alistair on 20 years as a band that is something to be proud of seriously it's super hard to keep a band together for two years three years 10 years let alone 20 years and they're they really did it they're they're doing it for the right reasons I've always had a huge amount of respect for these guys um true veterans in the game and Obviously, a huge influence on me and my musical career. Um, for those of you who don't know, I used to play in a band called Night Tears, and I'm just going to say it right now. My new project is called Summer Curse. I'm announcing it right here on Bangarang Radio, Pop Punk and Pizza. Um, so make sure to follow it uh, at Summer Curse Band on Instagram and Twitter. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Here's a song. I'm going to be playing this at the show. Come hang out. Once again, Heart Attack. Peace. Running back 
All right. Um, next question. Harley wants to know, what's the weirdest thing that's ever happened on tour? And I'm sure there's several things because there's always <laughs> weird shit that happens on tour. It's just, it's never one thing. But you no, know, if, if something comes to mind, I know it's always hard being put on the spot because, you know, when I've been asked that question before, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know. Oh my God, man. Because you guys, weirdest. you guys have toured with so many different bands over the years. So. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> I think one of the weirdest things is, and, and this isn't a bad thing. It's just, it's just weird. Um, you know, I don't know how many people know this, but we actually took fallout boy out on their very first tour ever. I was um, reading that recently and I did not realize, I did not realize yeah, that at all. Yeah. And you know, we, we had done a couple of like local Chicago shows with them, like at VSW hall, stuff like that. Sure. Um, and so we knew them, like we weren't great friends, but we knew who they were. They knew us and we, you know, we would kind of hang out at the shows and stuff. And then, you know, we ended up taking them on their very first tour and it was just so weird to see from that tour over the next, you know, three or four years, it was so weird to see how huge they really got, you know, cause we, we just looked at them as it's just fall out boy. They're just, you know, local Chicago dudes who we hung out with and like toured with. And then to see the, the level of, of achievement, it's like, holy shit, like <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Like that was as far as like an accumulation of everything that's ever happened on tour, like over a period of time, that was definitely one of the weirder things in, in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy for those guys, uh, but it was just weird to see. Yeah, I don't think, I think a lot of bands like Alistair and uh, who else you can name from the scene at that time, I don't think they really knew what was going to happen with Fall Out Boy. I don't think they suspected that either. So, mm-hmm. Oh, probably not, yeah. You know, um, I remember I was scrolling through Instagram one day and I can't remember if it was on Less Than Jake's Instagram or if it was one of the members of Less Than Jake, but they posted like a really old flyer from the early 2000s. And it was, mm-hmm. I don't I don't remember, I wish I could remember which year, but it, it was before they got, you know, super, super huge. And, you know, Fall Out Boy was supporting Less Than Jake, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? And now it yeah. would be the other way around. Like, and yeah. it's so crazy to think that. Yeah, totally. So, and it's the same with Alistair, like, you know, they were supporting you probably on the road and, and now if you got on tour with Fall Out Boy, it would be the opposite. It's just so crazy to, you just never know what's going to happen. Yeah, no, it's pretty funny. I mean, I remember on that tour, I remember one of the guys, I'm not going to say who it was, but I remember (laughs) one of the guys got got sick and got the shits really bad. Oh God. he didn't. He didn't have enough money to go buy medicine, and so our guitar player Kyle had to take him over to Walgreens uh, and fork over the eight bucks or whatever to, to get him some medicine to help help clean himself up. Oh man! Because they just you know they didn't have any money, they couldn't afford it. Yeah. But uh, stories like that, I think, are pretty cool. You know, I think that's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is neat. Um, is that all you can remember from that <laughs> from that tour? 
Um, that's that's a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was but, a lot, Cause that must've been Oh, four, I think. Oh yeah. Maybe. Oh, three, Oh, four. Um, I'm trying to think of like some other weird things that, that happened on tour. Um, yeah. You always think of them when oh, someone's not putting you on the spot. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. That's, that's, that's totally true. I do remember on, <laughs> on our very first tour ever, uh, we were in, I want to say we were in like Seattle, like Washington state somewhere. And we, we had stayed the night in a hotel and it was like this really shitty, you know, motel six or super eight or whatever it was. Sure. And we, we wake up in the morning and we turn on the TV and all over the news, there's this like story about this like bank heist and this like shootout or like this, you know, hostage situation going on at this bank in, in the Seattle area. We're like, oh man, that's you know crazy, whatever. Well, let's get out of here. We're on our way down to San Francisco or whatever it was that we were going. And so we walk out of our hotel, and the bank that was being held hostage was literally a block away. Oh and the God. police had to escort us out of the hotel over to where our van was parked in the parking lot. Oh wow! Like they had they had the whole area like you know corn cordoned off, so you couldn't couldn't go anywhere. He couldn't walk anywhere near it. Like we could see the bank, we could see the SWAT team, we could see the trucks, we could see the cop cars, like all the lights are going. We're like, holy shit, like this is really weird. That would be I do bizarre. remember that. Yeah, that was and that was on our very first tour ever and we're like, this is crazy. Like, is this what tour is always gonna be like? <laughs> yeah, are we always gonna be like staying in hotels next to bank robberies? Like is this a Yeah, thing? right. Gosh. Yeah, no, I, it, it, that's funny because I, I had kind of forgot about that until you just asked that question. But yeah, that was definitely one of the one of the weirder things. So th- so they were holding people hostage in the bank? Is that what, what was happening? Yeah, from, from what I understand, yeah, there was like two guys inside the bank and they were holding like a couple of people hostage because it was still pretty early in the morning. Like it was 8.30, like the bank must have just opened. Okay. So it probably was like 9 o'clock in the morning. So I don't think there were a whole lot of people in there. It was probably just the, the employees. Yeah. I don't even know if there were any any customers that were trapped in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we got out because we had to get on the road, so I never actually heard how what everything happened. was resolved. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That reminds me of a story, too. Um, when I was selling merch for a band um, on a... It was like a six-week tour. It was long. Uh, it was technically mm-hmm. two tours back-to-back. But anyway, so we were in, oh, I think we were in Kansas or somewhere out out west. And we had slept in the van and stayed the night in a parking lot at Walmart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we wake up the next day. And uh, we knew there was another guy sleeping in his van at that Walmart as well. And Mm -hmm. I guess he died overnight. Yeah, he died overnight. So we went across, we didn't know this yet, but uh, when we woke up, we went across the street to an Aldi and we were shopping there. Then all of a sudden we see like news vans and there's like a news helicopter circling this guy's van. Mm -hmm. And we found out, yeah, the guy had died and apparently he had cancer or something. Wow. Um, And he had chosen to be like, 
homeless and die that way or something. It was it was weird. It was so weird. Yeah, but it was just funny all of a sudden to see this news helicopter and the news trucks just, you know, hanging up. I mean, that must have been a big thing because, you know, we're not in like a, it was, you know, a smaller town, you know, it wasn't like it was a major city. So it's probably a big, a big deal for them. Like, whoa, a guy dies in his van at Walmart. We got (laughs) to, we got to cover this, you know? (laughs) Well, I mean, Walmart is like the central meeting place for those towns. (laughs) That's true. That's very true. Uh, heck, even uh, I just said heck. Oh my gosh! Um, even uh, down by me, just south of Chicago. I mean, Walmart is the essential place, you know, down here. Yeah. So, but um, but yeah, that's that's I've never seen a bank robbery. So, <laughs> yeah, I, let's, let's I hope you don't. Yeah, I hope not. But I would be scared shitless, especially if if I was on my first tour. I I would already be like so anxious from that, and then all of a sudden, oh yeah, by the way, um, there's a bank being held up just uh, <laughs> down the street from your hotel. Yeah, so. now the cops are like, all right, come on, let's run. You got to run to your van. Oh my god. Okay, we're running. <laughs> well, at least you were able to get out. You know. Yeah. No, that's true. I mean, thankfully. Because if you weren't, then, yeah, I mean, who knows? Then you would have yeah. been late for your next show or, yeah, you know, whatever, sure. whatever it was. Um, but uh, <laughs> my next question, and uh, I wasn't sure if uh, it's if he's doing this to give you a hard time or if you actually have an interesting story behind your tattoo. But Tom Chichilla wanted me to ask you about your screeching weasel tattoo. I'm assuming it's maybe a story he already knows, but I know, you know, I've, I, uh, I just know a little bit about Tom from, you know, social media and then listening to him on uh, Mike Carrera's podcast. So I, I hear his personality and uh, he always, crack, <laughs> he always cracks me up, man. He, uh, he's so funny. Yeah, Tom. Uh, no, it's actually kind of funny. So <laughs> I actually don't have a screeching weasel tattoo. I have a Riverdale's tattoo. <laughs> and so I knew I there was the going to be something to this. The, the story that I told Tom, right, is that it was one of the first first tattoos that I ever got. Right. So so screeching weasel is probably like one of my favorite bands of all time. Mm-hmm. Right. And I wanted a screeching weasel tattoo. But for whatever reason, when I was like 19 or whatever, however old I was when I got this 20, I was like, man, I don't know if I want to get that weasel tattooed on me. <laughs> Maybe it'll be safer for my first or second or tattoo or whatever it was. Maybe it'll be safer if I just get the Riverdale 27. Like, cause I like the Riverdale, okay. and I love the Riverdale, mm-hmm. and I like the number twenty-seven. So maybe I'll just get that one instead. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's what I did, and I still regret it. I really <laughs> wish I would have gotten the weasel tattoo. I still, it's on my list of things to do. At some point, I'll probably get a weasel tattoo. I was gonna say you've got quite a few tattoos, don't you? Uh, no? yeah. I mean, I have a full. A you got a full arm, yeah. On, on my arm, yeah. What uh, what is on your arm? Uh, it's actually a um, depiction of the Fireside Bowl. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, <clears throat> obviously I've seen pictures of you, but I've only, I think I've seen you live twice. So, mm-hmm. and it's it's been a while since the last time. Um, I'm trying to remember the last time I saw you play. I know I saw you, I saw Alistair play with MXPX at Reggie's. Oh, Reggie's? That would have been in, what, 14 or something like that? 
maybe thirteen, um, maybe thirteen. Yeah, that was probably yeah. No, it was probably two thousand fourteen. Okay, somewhere around there. Yeah, I think, it was, and, I think it was fourteen. Yeah. And then I was trying to remember. Also, I saw one of your other projects too. I, I want to say it might have been Hot Alice. Okay. But I'm trying to remember where it, I don't even remember where it was. But it was after. It was after that, and I cannot remember what show it was for the life of me. Um, um it might have been. Was it down? Because you live in the south suburbs, right? Yeah. Um, it might. We played once down. Um, I, mean, I want to say like Orland Park, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the name of the place, but it was kind of like a just a giant room with a stage. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember. Um, and I. I mean, I want to say it was a decent show, but I can't remember because I remember going. <laughs> I remember going to the show, and then you guys got on stage. I'm like, gosh, it's like that guy right there. It's like I'm pretty sure I know that guy. <laughs> like it kind of looks like you know, kind of looks like Tim from Alistair. And then, <laughs> That's it, funny. and then it's funny. I think. Um, well, you know who Dave Gomez is, obviously. Mm-hmm. He's a friend of mine, and I'm pretty sure he was at the show. And he was like, "Oh yeah, that's that's Tim from Alistair." I'm like, "Oh okay." It is. I was like, "That's so I'm not crazy. <laughs> that's like that's who that is." But um, but anyway, so um, but I guess I if if I saw your fireside sleeve, I I probably forgotten because it's been a while ago. So, <laughs> no, right. that's cool. That's really cool. It obviously uh, is very fitting. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just one of those things of like, ah, it's, that's a pretty pretty integral part of my life, so I figure I might as well just tattoo it on my body. Just a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, a little Some, bit. Maybe... Uh, it's a small, small influence. Yeah, maybe you can put... Uh, or you know what you should do, since it's such a big thing right now, you just get the screeching weasel uh, tattoo on your face, you know, cause face, you face, yeah. tat- <laughs> face tattoos <laughs> yeah. are a big thing right now. Right on, right on my forehead. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure your kids will love that. Oh, totally. How old are your kids now? Um, my oldest is 11 and my youngest is eight. Oh my gosh. I, I, I would love to see the the reaction on their face of you walking in <laughs> with a, a screeching weasel tattoo on <laughs> your face. Like, what, Dad, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They pretty much have the same reaction anytime I do anything. Uh-huh. So I'm sure it wouldn't be too much too much much different. <laughs> Are they already at that stage where like, don't do that, Dad, come on. Like you're yeah, embarrassing they don't, me. They, yeah. Oh totally. Well do they yeah. do they think it's cool that you're in bands though? I mean, do they gravitate towards that at all? No, not really. Um they they they're musical, but they don't. It's not something that they really like. Gotcha. Um, and they 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 don't give two shits that I play in a band at all. It's really? Just, I mean, they think it's they think it's kind of neat. Uh-huh. You know, it's like it's almost like I'm a novelty to them. You know, mm-hmm. it's like oh my my dad plays in a band. Like look at him. Like they don't think it's cool. I think it's just like a neat talking point that they can say, you know, to their friends or to their teacher or something, you know. Right. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, he's in a dad rock band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. But but I but I do have to say, my oldest, I I catch him all the time 
singing like all of the songs that I like to listen to. Cause like oh. we listen to a lot of music together Okay, and I gave him an iPod with like a bunch of my favorite songs in there from like a bunch of artists that I like. Uh-huh. And he's really gravitated towards some of them. And so every once in a while I'll catch him singing like the other day. Um, I really like uh, Butch Walker. I don't know if you know who Butch Walker is uh, from um, garbage. Is that no, that's Butch Vig. Oh, that's Butch that's Vig. Big. Yeah. Um, no, Butch, Butch Walker used to play in a band uh, called Marvelous 3. He's put out like a bunch of solo records. Um, but I really like him and I really like all of his records. And uh-huh. so I gave my son an iPod with, uh, with a bunch of his songs on there. And I catch him every once in a while, like singing the songs. And he's uh, my son's a pretty good singer, actually. He can hold a tune really well. Wow. Um, and, so, and it's funny because I'll just sit here and sit there and listen to him and he'll start singing and singing and singing. And he doesn't know that I'm listening to him. <laughs> he's, he's really good. So you got really good. Oh, that's that's so cool. You got to try not to get yeah, caught, cool. right? That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty neat. Well, maybe the you know the music bug will hit him before you know it. Maybe, so yeah. It, it could definitely, <laughs> it could definitely happen. <laughs> Speaking of kids, my son just Speaking, speak my, you, I don't know if you hear my son, but he just showed up. <laughs> yeah, I do. Hi, Owe. So, <laughs> how are you? <laughs> he's uh, he's gonna be two on Wednesday. Oh, nice. Yeah, he nice. he loves music. He yeah. is super into music. He'll um, he sits and plays. <laughs> you can probably hear him now. He's got the guitar, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but he'll s- he'll sit and he'll just strum the guitar and he'll like sing something. It sounds like he's something he's making up. Like that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really cool. It's it just blows my mind because he's two and he's doing this already. So yeah, no, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, Getting started early. Love that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, and he loves to dance too. So he's nice. He's all into that. <laughs> but um, let's let's end with you know the best of twenty years is out now, and you guys are going to have CDs available um, at, sure. the, at the show and all that, right? We have vinyl yep. too. No, we won't have vinyl, but we definitely have copies of the CD. We got brand new shirt designs. We got brand new hoodies. We got just about everything you could think of. Oh, I, well, I saw the uh, Back to the Future. Um, oh, cool! <laughs> I love. I yep. want. I want to snag one of those. Uh, back to was it a, <laughs> a shirt or a hoodie? Uh, that one's a new shirt. Design. Yeah, and I know. I I was reading recently. You're a Back to the Future. A huge Back to the Future fan, right? Oh, huge. Yeah, huge. It's my favorite movie of all time. Man, that's what we should have done this whole podcast is just quote Back to the Future. Oh, I could dude, do, I, I could do that I all day long. I could do that all day with you. <laughs> yeah, I could just go on. I could go on a tangent and just all day long. <laughs> Seriously. I used to have a friend. Uh, we used to do that all the time. We just hang out and we would just throw lines back and forth. <laughs> just quote back to the future. Yeah, that's like that's the fucking best day ever. <laughs> it, is. All day. it is. It was the nerdiest thing ever. But <laughs> you know, and then uh, when they re-released the uh, trilogy to theaters, what like mm-hmm. two or three years ago, we went and saw that whole thing. That was cool. Did you? Yeah. I never got a chance to go when it when it got re-released in the theaters. Oh, that was awesome. I mean, it was intense because it was all three movies back to back. Right. Um, but it was it was definitely cool. So. Um, so yeah, March 2nd is the show at Cobra Lounge that's with, uh, Blood People and Parker. 
I um, yep. And from what Tom told me, there's just over 50 tickets left uh, for yeah, the show I think that's what I heard, yeah. before it sells out. And, of course, that's, <clears throat> I mean, this episode is being released on February 26th. So, I mean, okay. it could be sold out by then. But the important, yeah, yeah, it might be. <laughs> the important thing is if uh, there are tickets still available, get them now. <laughs> yeah, so, absolutely. Go get them now. Yeah, before it sells out. So, um Anything else we need to know, like <clears throat> future of uh, of Alistair? Like, uh, is there going to be? <clears throat> excuse me, is there going to be a, a new record or anything like that in the works? Because it's been since what twelve? Yeah, two thousand twelve. Uh, we released a record called Life Behind Machines. Um, yeah, you know what? We're talking about it right now. Uh, we just put this kind of best of compilation CD out, um, and we're in the process of talking about how we want to work a new record, uh, when we can do it, how we can get together and write for it. You know, we probably have maybe half of the new record written. Okay. Um, so maybe, maybe even more than that, to be honest with you. Um, so we'll, we're going to try to hash that out over the next couple of months. Uh, we're, we're trying to assemble a small tour over the summer. Oh, cool. uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's going to happen. I hope um, so. But we're we're working on sorting out some of those details. Nice. So um yeah, so for those of you listening, stay tuned. Uh you can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram and we'll keep you updated. We'll let you know what's going on. Okay, perfect. Yeah, that'll be uh great for people that aren't in uh, you know, your hometown area, obviously. Yeah, for sure. Oh yes, the acoustic show that you're doing as well. Oh right. Um yep. April fifth. April 5th, yeah, it's a Friday night at uh, Blue Island Beer Company. So, yeah, come on out. It's a free show. There's no, there's no cover charge. I think uh, I'll just force you to buy a beer <laughs> and have a beer with me. That'll be um, good. But, yeah, no, it's going to be cool. Like, you know, I don't uh, – I'm hoping I can start getting into playing more acoustic shows, um, you know, playing some Alistair songs acoustic. I, I put, a, put out an EP, just a solo EP, acoustic EP, a couple years ago. So I'll play a couple songs off of that. I'll do a bunch of Alistair songs, a couple of cover songs. It should be fun. I was actually gonna, I was going to mention that uh, that EP. It's a great EP, by the way. I, I was instant, oh, thank you. I was instantly drawn towards the uh, the sound and style of that. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I look forward to hearing more of that too. Um, if yeah, if got, it ever uh, so happens. It it, uh, it will at some point this year. Um, I got all the songs written. I just need to find some time to record them. Yeah, I can't wait to hear another EP from you because I really enjoyed that Ravenswood Sessions. That was cool. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, hey, thank you so much for spending time with no me. And literally, um, if you want to come back on the show, we can talk more about your solo stuff. And there's obviously more Alistair stuff we can dive into as well. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, let's do that in a couple months. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Special thanks again to Tim Rogner of Alistair for taking time out of his day to chat with me and celebrate 20 years of Alistair, as well as the bands that were played on the show today. Make sure you give some love and check out Blood People, also Parker, Dave Gomez, and Mall Rat Pool Boy, and all those bands you can actually see with Alistair except for Mall Rat Pool Boy. And, well, Dave Gomez technically is only playing with Tim, but Tim Rogner is going to be playing mostly Alistair's songs. So once again, before 
I get to the end of the episodes. Don't forget March 2nd, Alistair's best of release show with Blood People and Parker. That is Cobra Lounge, Saturday, March 2nd, which is this Saturday, by the way. And tickets are low. And they actually might have sold out by now. But go ahead and give it a try and go to go to uh, Ticketfly.com and see if there is any left for the show. If you miss that one, if the show ends up selling out or maybe you're going to be out of town or something, you can catch Tim Rogner at Blue Island um, Pub or Blue Island Beer Company. My apologies. Blue Island Beer Company, Friday, April 5th. He'll be doing an acoustic set there with my friend Dave Gomez. Also, special thanks to Tom Chichilla and Brent from Overeasy Booking for setting up this interview for me. I know you guys are busy. You get tons and tons of emails every day. And the fact that you replied to mine and you sent it over to Tim to see if Tim was interested means the world to me. So thank you for that. Next episode of Pop Punk and Pizza will be the last Tuesday of March, which happens to be the 26th. There could be a bonus episode, though. Just keep an eye out for it. In the meantime, though, make sure you hit us up on social media. I always try to post as much pop punk news or scene information as possible. So Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Pop Punk Pizza Pod. I'm on Twitter at On Air with JL. And then Bangarang Radio is both Facebook, Twitter, at Bangarang Radio. And make sure you give us a nice review on iTunes or Google Play or Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to this podcast. Give us a rate. Give us a review. Super, super appreciate that. Once again, I'm Jacques Lamour. It's been a pleasure hanging out with you today. Thank you for giving me a little bit of your time. I'll talk to you next month. Ciao. Hey, hello. It's nice to meet you. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Hey, hello. It's nice to meet you. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza.